So welcome everybody again, once again to our ongoing Cisco GeekCast. Uh, today we are in the room with, let's do a quick roll call uh, in the room. Uh, we're going to talk about Star Trek Beyond, the latest movie from, the, from Paramount Studios, uh, you know, the Star Trek universe, based on the new J.J. Abrams movie, not the original cast and the original. Uh, but let's do a quick roundtable uh, and then see, and, then we'll, and I'll kind of kick us off a little bit before we get into the discussion. So to my right, got Lieutenant Ronald Wong helming the con. Like on the gun. I'm like, well, I can't just say, Come on. Who are you? I don't know. Supreme Overlord? Can I do that? Um, <laughs> red shirt? I don't know. Red shirt. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, didn't, I, I went there. Sorry. Um, please. No, I'll go with Supreme Okay. Today. All right. On, on the phone? All right, go, uh, Doug Oliver. I suppose I should have the Commodore rank since it's one they never use anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is Anthony. Sure, that's it. Let's go. <laughs> Jeez. Let's, let's continue. Spoil sport. And we had somebody else, I think. Kai? Oh, the late guy? Okay, redshirt Kai's on his way. Mm. <laughs> and then you have your host and first officer slash moderator, uh, number one, number two, whatever you want to call it, uh, Arthur Wu. Uh, so let's get to it. Let's start. So um, just to set some context, uh, the movie, Star Trek Beyond, is, again, the latest chapter in this uh, series. Um, one of the things I, I want to mention about this movie is very interesting is that um, there was a lot of things going against it, per, per se, right? Um, I'm going to defer a lot of the expertise to uh, the rest of the people on the phone, especially to Doug, who is our resident Star Trek expert yeah. um, on things, so we're happy to have you here. Um, but this movie, you know, coming in, it had a lot of things going against it, per se. So one, um, the last two movies, while overall well-received from an action-packed adventure with action and, and excitement and things, was starting to, especially in the second movie, border on, you know, kind of veering off from what Star Trek really is about, you know, and those things are exploration, introspection, you know, themes and things like that. And people are getting, you know, wondering like, hey, am I just watching another action-adventure movie or am I watching Trek, right? And the second movie also did a riff on a very familiar, you know, very well-known, well-loved uh, Star Trek movie from the 80s, Wrath of Khan, right? And, of course, when you riff on something that, that's iconic, you run a big risk, right? And I think the risk was, you know, depending on who you ask, it's really 50-50, um, but, you know, it had that kind of stigma of, okay, has Star Trek sort of devolved into something that's just generic action-adventure with some trappings, right? So that was one thing that was kind of going against it. Then uh, when they first uh, announced uh, the director for this movie, Justin Lin, from J.J. Abrams, because, you know, as you know, J.J.'s, these two Star Trek movies were his ad- audition to Star Wars anyway, right? So he stepped aside, and this movie um, was going to be uh, helmed by Justin Lin, who is best known for Fast and the Furious. So if you're familiar with those movies, it's a lot of action, a lot of, you know, adventure. And people are thinking, oh, wow, you know, am I watching a Star Trek movie with spaceships in space? You know, is that what am I going to get? And when they first released the first official trailer, it didn't seem to alleviate those concerns because that's all they showed with a lot of rock music. So. A lot of people are very, very concerned, myself included, about this movie, um, thinking, oh my gosh, what is this going to be about? Um, A month into the movie, we had the whole, quote-unquote, controversy about, you know, gay Sulu, right? Um, So that took a a lot of attention away from the movie, where they were trying to do an homage to, or a respectful homage to George Takei, uh, saying, hey, we've changed your character, he's now homosexual, we have some scenes in the movie about that, Uh, and we sort of did it as a tribute to you, 
funny thing is, George Takei said, I told you guys not to do that. Um, I don't think that's the right way to go about it. Please don't. Um, but they went ahead and did it anyway. So, you know, there's some discussions and debates about that, which draws, drew some attention away from the movie. And then lastly, and of course, this isn't anything they can control, but it's more tragic. You know, one of the principal actors, Anton Yelchin, passed away, tragic accident. Uh, so between all the, the hubbub of where the direction of the franchise is going, this thing with, um, you know, changing Sulu's uh, gender, uh, sexual orientation, and then the death of one of the principal actors, there's a lot of stuff kind of going against this movie coming in. Um, but I will say, and I'll save my review for later on, um, it was a very nice surprise. Um, and with that, I'm going to leave it at that, and then let's just get into the conversation. But I do wanted to preface that this movie had a lot going against it. Um, but I think, personally, I think it recovered quite well. Uh, but let's just get into it right away. And perhaps let's start off with Doug, because you, know, you are the our resident Star Trek expert. Perhaps, if you don't mind sharing... Um, I think you shared a story with us one time that you actually were able to submit a script to Paramount or, or, or was close to one. I don't know if everybody on the phone knew about that. But anyway, tell us your thoughts, uh, movie or Star Trek or otherwise. Sure. So, all right. So, I'll, I'll start with that. So, back when Star Trek Voyager was, was bright and shiny and new, <laughs> it, was the only, uh, it was the only series on television that you could submit a script for without having an agent. And this actually continued a bit of a tradition with several of the, the Star Trek series. So at the time, I was, I was up to my eyebrows in my writing career and decided, yeah, okay, I like Star Trek and I like to write and sure, let me go ahead and do that. Um, so as of the end of season one of Voyager, they, they opened the door and said, okay, if anybody has spec scripts, go ahead and, and send them in. Um, I did. It was it was declined. <laughs> um, <laughs> I still have one letter with the you know the Paramount logo and all the rest of that at the top. Um, I decided early on my definition of success for that was writing the script and being happy with what I what I came out with rather than it being accepted, which is probably a good thing. Um, but that was that was a fun experience, and as as part of that, I was working as a reporter at the time, and one of my coworkers had had an opportunity to interview. Uh, a couple of folks at, at Paramount. Long story short, as part of that, I ended up getting a copy of one of their writer's Bibles, which was kind of fun and had some interesting additional background details on some of the characters. So anyway, for whatever whatever any of that's worth. But you, so you, you take that, um, add into it, while I'm not old enough to have seen the original series on TV in the first run, Thank you. Um, <laughs> Same watching here. all of those in uh, in reruns, and pretty much everything from there forward, I did have a chance to see. Whether it was the the very first original series movie through all the series that have come from it, those have been those have been new, and so it's always interesting to me to figure out what's the impression you get when you're getting to see it new and fresh versus. I've seen it 800 times and I could probably recite episode lines, you know, indefinitely. So it's always got a bit of a different, a different perspective on it. So, um, so I, I think that this was, I think this was fun. I appreciate that the movie stepped away from, from calling back as often as it did and taking so many pieces from prior, prior episodes, prior movies. You can argue the story wasn't, brand spanking new you can call out some elements that that you, you know there is a bit of the standard adventure fair in it 
but I'm okay with that because this felt new. I didn't feel like I knew what was going to happen. There were some clever references in there that, that I chuckled at, but I didn't feel like it was carrying the, the weight of that. I liked that they had a lot more opportunities for the characters to interact with one another and play off each other because I think that's always been a, a Star Trek strength. I thought it was interesting in some way. I actually wrote a, wrote a note where I thought, where I said, well, I, it seems like the actors are a lot more settled, but it occurred to me that maybe it's that the characters are a lot more settled. It feels like there are some relationships there that they're getting to, to draw on, which is great. And a couple of movies ago, I, I pretty quickly realized this is not my Star Trek, if you want to call it that. This is a movie that has a different, you know, these series of movies have a different way that they're going to tell a story and what they're going to emphasize that, that isn't the moral dilemmas that you would have from a lot of the, the original series episodes or even with some of the newer series, you know, the captains having to, to say what they think is right and why and how we're going to balance the prime directive. There's a lot more of an action focus. And so if you, if you have that in your head as you're going into it, I, I think it was perfectly serviceable for that. Um, I was a bit puzzled by the villain. I still didn't exactly get what his his driving force was. Why was he so angry at, at the, the Federation? Um, he somewhere, somewhere in the middle of it seemed to suddenly have vampire powers. <laughs> they didn't do anything with. So I found that a little bit unnecessary and the implication, at least I tried to fill in the blanks, that, okay, I guess some of the other bad people around him that were helping him were part of his crew, I guess. But again, I felt like I had to kind of fill in that, fill in that blank a little bit. So, um, so certainly not perfect. And if I slowed down and really wanted to take it apart, there's some stuff that I could find that were, was kind of puzzling. But overall, um, for, for what it was trying to be, I thought it did a good job and, and I thought it was fun. You know, I have to follow up with what Doug said because so many things that, that he just said right there, I've written down on my <laughs> list of bullets of things that I wanted to address. Same here. Right. Starting with, I think, the positives. Um, it just felt like Trek again. And I was trying to pin down what it was. I mean, Doug, you, you mentioned it might have been the character interactions and um, the way that they you know bounce things back and forth, right? That relationship between uh, Bones and, and Spock, of yeah. course. Comedy gold. Comedy gold. I, for me, what made it felt like Trek, interestingly enough, was the techno babble. Yeah, they brought back. They finally brought back some techno babble, which I know people like to rag on the techno babble. But for me, True. man, that's what makes Trek Trek. Yep. Not so much the the, the the scripting or the techno babble necessarily, but problem solving with technology. Yeah, yeah. That that to me is one of the key uh, things that make Star Trek Star Trek. Um, so I really liked how they introduced that again, and um, you know when they were on the planet, they were trying to bring bring that uh, USS Franklin, that that ship that they found back online. When they, yeah, when they wanted to find it, right. bring it back online, man, they just threw out a bunch of tech terms out exactly. there. Got to reroute that dilithium so, crystal. I mean, exactly. come on, that's exactly what Star Trek is all about, right? Yeah, and that's what gets people excited about engineering and science and all that, right? Um, good, good observation. I loved that. Um, I'm also uh, like you know. Doug, who has, has had a long history in, in Trek, I, I'm big on the canon of Star Trek, and they referenced a lot of really neat things um, from Star Trek canon, both new 
And by new, I'm talking about from the Enterprise series, which is really not that new anymore. <laughs> True. <laughs> when was it last on air? I mean, it was uh, early 2000, I think. Yes. I think. Yeah, that's a long time ago now, but that's, yeah. They reference things like um, the Zindi and Romulan War. And they, so they, I mean, they talked about the Zindi, right? The Zindi. See, I, I had no idea about that. In honest. Enterprise. I'm not, yeah. That's a reference back to. I knew it meant big, something. I had no idea when, though. It was a long story arc, basically, okay. in, in, the, uh, in the Enterprise series. They talk about um, how Krall, like the villain, was a Mako uh, uh, officer or Mako soldier, right? Which was, they talked about the Mako soldiers in Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the key things, one of the key challenges that Captain Archer from you know the, the Enterprise show faced was the fact that Fed, the Federation felt, or sorry, Star Trek, Starfleet felt the need to put these Mako soldiers on their ship. And so he had this conflicting issue where, you know, am I a ship of exploration? Are, are we about exploration or are we soldiers right. out to conquer? And so that was actually a really neat theme that they uh-huh. explored in Enterprise that they kind of harkened back to in uh, Star Trek Beyond. I really like that. Um, like Doug, right? Crawl. I mean, he was kind of a weak villain to me in the sense that his motivations were not clear at all until the very end, and it kind of felt like they just tried to shoehorn, like, oh, okay, well, the Federation went soft, they, he felt like, you know, they abandoned this mm-hmm. uh, military arm of Starfleet, and he felt abandoned, and uh, now he's out to, I don't know. Well, he, he, he reminded me of the last villain in the, in the Peter Weller's in the previous movie, in, Into Darkness. He's all about militarization, mm. you know, and it's like, we got to go out there and and you know, strike first, quote unquote, mm-hmm. before someone strikes back at us. And I think he kind of had similar, at least to me, like, okay, we have to be strong, and you know, we have to be, we have to test ourselves. And in other, because I've seen what's out there, and if we don't be strong, we're we're going to get killed as a human race. Mm-hmm. And I think he felt like this whole unification thing, and, and how we're all living together, la di da di da, is like so, it's weak to him. Arthur, that's so my impression. But he also went crazy, I think, at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, being lost yeah. in space. So. Arthur, so I feel like it's almost like they combine what you're saying about that villain from Into Darkness and the villain in number one where, like, the guy, uh, Nero, right, in the first Oh, movie, Nero, yeah, yeah. He waited, yeah. like, years yeah. and years and hiding, like, waiting to get back at, like... That's at, a good uh, point. Spot, Didn't think of it that right? way. Oh, yeah. so it reminded mm-hmm. me a lot of that. And then it's funny that, yeah, you brought up that, um, that it, Peter Weller's character just some war arms so maybe it was a combo and section 31 yeah, section 31 and I like yeah. Peter Weller's character he's actually pretty frightening in that movie it, it was yeah. pretty cool. uh, so but yeah they, they, that's a good point Anthony that's but, a good point it, it, I didn't even think about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I, I agree with what you guys said so so should we get Doug's uh, like score out of 10 I know sorry Ronald you kind of went new to yours but no 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 it's, it, uh, or are we, we doing it at the uh, end what are we let's get that at the end yeah okay okay uh you guys want to go? Does somebody else want to go? Or Ronald, were you done? Yeah, keep going. I'm I'm finish up, finish up. I mean, I, I had some other other points there, but I'll, I'll I'll pepper them in as other people okay. talk. So I went in with really low expectations because of all this stuff going in, but I was very pleasantly surprised uh, because it definitely felt like the original show uh, when I watched it. Um, and I, I'm a Next Generation original series fan. Um, I thought Justin Lin had actually... His action sequences are amazing, but his level of restraint was quite good because there was a lot of introspective scenes that I really liked and the subtlety of what he was trying to convey in terms of um, honoring Trek 
um, with the things like um, you know the death of Spock, right? You know, Zach Quinto, he was he was being sad about uh, what Spock Prime dying, but I also felt like the actor was you know do, sort of doing like a meta type of uh, thing to the audience, saying, "Hey, you know." Uh, Leonard Nimoy's passed away. I would be honored to carry on this character moving forward. I'm like, okay, I thought that was quite nice. The way he sort of, uh, you know, had that moment to honor the character, but also honor the the actor who played that character. I thought that was nice. The little subtle tributes, like at the very end, you know, when you saw the picture of the original cast, I I almost had a little tear in my eye. I was like, (laughs) wow, that's cool. I I was trying to clap in the audience. When I saw that scene, the first thought that popped to my head is, Arthur's going to love this. I thought that was well done. (laughs) It was subtle. Um, you know, there's other parts where, you know, the, the whole beginning when Spock, I'm sorry, when Kirk was talking to Bones, right? They're having Romulan ale. I'm like, this scene looks very, very familiar. Then I'm like thinking, wait a second, they've done this in kind of in Wrath of Khan, but they don't riff on that. You know, it's, it's, to me, it's very, it's a neat scene where it, they're, they're being introspective again, which is what I think was missing from the previous Star Trek movies, where in Wrath of Khan, um, you know, Kirk, Shatner, was having a, a midlife crisis, right? Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, I'm retiring, and I really want to be out there, but I have this desk job. But, you know, Bones is basically telling him in the old movie, like, hey, dude, get back out in space or you're dead. You know, not physically, but, like, you're, you're dead as a person. You need to be out there in space where you belong. In this movie, I, I like the fact that Kirk was asking these questions himself, like, what am I doing out here? I've only got myself and my ship and my crew, and that changes the way you sociologically you know, operate, relationships change. I thought, well, that's kind of neat. I've never seen that in a Star Trek movie where the isolation of going out there and it's literally endless. Where does it end, right? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And he's all questioning, like, when am I supposed to be out there? And, and Pike, or I'm sorry, Chris Pine's Kirk, he was asking questions like, well, I've applied for a desk job, but I don't know if that's right for me too. And I thought that was good that he's asking these questions. And Bones was like, well, I don't know if that's really right for you. Um, and I thought that was a neat callback to Wrath of Khan, but not so blatant that you know he was riffing on it. But he was asking these questions, and it was a theme throughout the whole movie. And just like in Wrath of Khan, where a villain forced his hand to reevaluate his life again and re-energize him once again, this movie, this villain, this situation, re-energized him to say, I really belong out in space. This is where I should be going, um, and I, I, I've, I'm not seeing what I should be seeing because I've been so moping around. I, I really appreciate that. Um, I thought that the space station in the Yorktown was amazing. Um, yeah. A very beautiful representation of what society and mankind, womankind, can aspire to, and the physical representation of that, I thought that was amazing. Um, one thing I, I will point out, and there's other things, but I'll keep going because I know Anthony's going to brush me. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I haven't read anybody anybody talk about it either online or in person. I, I just happen to notice this. And you might probably appreciate this already, but at the very end, you know, of every Star Trek episode, you know how they have the mission statement. So space, the final frontier. These are yes. the voyages, right? I noticed that they not only gave everybody usually it's only one person, the captain yeah. who's who who recites that line, but this time everybody had one line from that mission statement. But the last line they ended it with Uhura, yes. an African American woman. Who gets to say the final line that says, where no one, you know, <clears throat> where, what was it? Um, I should know this. Um, has no one, no one has gone before. She gets the last line, and then you, you kick into the music. I'm like, that was cool. I thought, well done. Yes. Subtle, but you don't really realize it in, until you pay attention to it. Because, you know, you, you've heard that mission statement so, so many times that you sort of get used to it. But then when I heard it in the theater, I'm like, wait a second here. Yeah. That's John Cho. 
I'm like, oh, okay. And yeah. then Uhura gets that last line. Yeah. It wasn't until was cool. Uhura that I realized everyone was saying yeah. it. Because you always hear like a guy say it, right? So, right. And all of a sudden, a girl pops up and you're like, Whoa. then you pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And then you realize it's been a series mm. of people. I thought it was Yeah, and I thought I really liked that subtlety where they, they gave it. that last line to her and especially that last line where, where no one has gone before. I'm like, that's cool. I so, you know, there's some other things and I'll pepper it in, but a lot of those things were the ones that stood out to me. It definitely felt more like Trek to me. Mm. A course correction, no pun intended. Lay in a course. Yeah, lay in a course, so to speak. So I'll, I'll, I'll see the time before Anthony, not, you know. No, no. Continue. So, but um, I, I would say that's it for now and I'll, I'll yeah. jump in later. So, so and, and Arthur? Also- yes. Arthur, tell me you caught the reference about that space station being called the Yorktown. I, I know it sounded familiar, but I, I, I will, I'm going to cop out to it. I honestly did not know I, it. It I, sounded I, familiar. I want to hear this. I'm very curious. It sounded familiar to me, but I, I couldn't for the life of me think about what it meant, really, to be honest. All right. So, it two, should be familiar. Two, two bits of Star Trek trivia. This is what Gene, we Roddenberry's, Gene Roddenberry's original pitch for Star Trek, the original name for the Enterprise... They were going to call it the USS Yorktown. Ah, okay. And there's a, there's a whole history behind why they picked that that particular name for that ship because there was some history with it. And jump forward to the Star Trek movies where the original Enterprise is is destroyed and then they bring back the 1701A. Not ever said in the script, but referenced in a few different kind of authorized reference manuals and in the writer's Bible is that the 1701A had been the Yorktown that they then rebadged as the new Enterprise. And that's the one at the end of Star Trek four that you that you see. So Yorktown has a lot of a lot of Star Trek ties as a name. Ah, this is why we have Doug. Here. That is awesome. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's good knowledge. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, cool. Party. All right. So Party. I have a lot of you guys said a couple of things that um, were on my mind, but to go, I wrote down a couple of notes. So to go back to like the bone spot dynamic, it felt a little hammy to me. Mm-hmm. It was a little, like, I knew what he was going to do. And I was like, wait, just watch. He's going to, like, as soon as he was like, oh, I can keep a secret. I knew he wasn't going to do it. Like, as soon as he, like, it was just, it was a little hammy for me. Um, I thought he could have done a better job of, like, underplaying the humor. Um, I think it was expected, and he, like, over-delivered. I sort of get you on that. I feel like, I think a lot of characters have been doing that, like, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, like Batista's character, you know how he—it's essentially the same thing, right? They just—they don't understand our language, and they kind of—I don't know. It seems like people are doing it more often. That—that that kind of robot character who doesn't understand English language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and then obviously my another stickler is the villain motivation. I I was waiting because they built it up so much because he was so super angry at the Federation for some random from reason, and I was waiting for the reveal. Right, like I was just like, oh, it's gonna be good. I wonder what's happening because in the other two movies, it was like great background. You're like, oh, this is a great like um, you know reveal, and then you get. To like almost like the end of the movie where you find out 
oh, he's just kind of a little ticked off. And he spent mm -hmm. like, uh, like a hundred years or more trying to kind of <laughs> do this revenge thing for something very petty, like, oh, I was a soldier. And then they stuck me in this like exploration job, which I should have never been in. And then they abandoned me at like the end. But then you're like, well, as a soldier, you should be okay with that because that happens a lot in war. If a unit gets like stranded, there are chance. Like I thought, a soldier would be much more able to reconcile with the fact of being abandoned and kind of, hey, I got to be out on my own. Survive. Yeah, it was. There's a lot of like, I don't know, ironies. It was like on one hand you're angry that you're stuck in this job, and on the other hand, when you actually are in a soldier-like environment, you're like, oh. I don't and then the superpowers thing, it was so weird because I noticed, so yes, the voodoo powers he developed where he started reverse aging by touching people. But then, because I noticed he, the people that he got his revival from for the first time were like hooked up to something. So I thought, okay, maybe it's that device that's helping him. But then on the ship, he like just randomly touched people and they were dead. But then he touched people... <laughs> Other times, and they were not dead. So I was kind of like, all right, how is this working? And then the horror thing. Like, why did he have to take her on a tour? It was her following him around where he's like, this is what I'm going to do. Here's how this device works. <laughs> I mean, that was just like such a setup. And then I knew as soon as they had that other girl with them, I was like, she's going to die. And exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's a classic villain explanation. His Plan, God, right? that was so weird yeah. because it's like I expected you know what it is I expect Star Trek to be like smart mm. and I think there were so many low points where it was just too like yes predictable too like been there done that kind of deal so I was disappointed in those aspects too much hand holding too much yeah and I was like alright you're supposed to be working with a smart audience but I guess this is a movie so you kind of do have to cater to the masses but I thought it was a little much on the other side. The uh, the one thing that really felt like to me, like like the unintelligent piece of it was um, how they used the music, you know, Beastie Boys <laughs> sabotage uh, to jam their signals, which to me, I, I thought, you know what that felt like? I that, loved it though. I, I know it was cheesy, but I loved it. No, that felt like Independence Day where he uploaded a virus that conveniently yes. happened to work, right? <laughs> Give me that slice of cheese. And didn't that feel like? <laughs> but didn't they do the exact same thing almost in Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. When they were extremely yeah. loud and distracted the yeah. guys. I mean, they did. No, that's exactly it. Because as soon as they were like, "Oh, we need some kind of signal," I was like, "I know what." Yeah, he's gonna take do. that rap song. I know what they're gonna do. They're gonna use her music. Right. It was. Oh, it was just so, so much. Fun. Yeah, that yeah. made me roll my eyes. Yeah, um, and and I agreed that the villain. I was actually surprised who he was. But I still, I would agree. I don't get his motivation because mm -hmm. uh, why does he need that spore thing? Right. He had these, he had these things that already can rip sh rip ships apart really right. effectively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, why why would you need this thing? And, and they didn't really explain what that thing was. Yeah. Like, is it stronger than the stuff he had already? Because yeah. you're already doing pretty well with what you have. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. And like the you know. fun, like the crappy thing is, they never revealed his true power. Yeah. Like it was exactly. like, oh, this destroyer world, and it was right. like. <laughs> yeah, and it and floats like, out in space. Great, like yeah. it's never gonna destroy anything. Like, yeah, and at the end, it does, it kind of just it's still out there. You don't know what's going on with it. And you're like, yeah, where is it? First of all, right. and it's on. So is Wait. the second. <laughs> 
Like it's yeah. Hey, it's guys. It's Viger. It's coming. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice one. It is Viger. Growing it up. Guys, is, is this? <laughs> I think. Are we all saying this is Guardians of the Galaxy? Like th- that little weapon is a MacGuffin. Yeah. They all have planes. Right? You know, in, but in then Guardians. you know, Guardians has riffed on Star Trek has stuff, type stuff. But I mean, before, so it's like know, you know, I know, I know. I'm just joking. It's really how you kind of do it. I'm just joking. I mean, you know, you can't always say everything has to be original. It's just how you do it, right? So. Yeah, I just wish this was much more about exploration. I wish they had focus on like going to a new planet, exploring it, and an issue happened. Just like in the Enterprise, yeah. they're like, "Oh, we're gonna go here," and there's something develops there as part mm-hmm. of like the scientific yeah. exploration. And there's like, some moral quandary yeah. that they have to and it was like, figure out. Hey, like I need you guys' help, and they're like. All right, like <laughs> let's just send a ship because like one person randomly shows up. Like it was just, it was kind of like it was very weak overall. But like I said, even though it was weak, I ate it all up because it was like, oh, this is awesome. Like I loved when the music was playing. It was like, just like that. Yeah. But anyway, last two things: the elder Spock dying. That confused me because isn't that him? Yes. Yes. So does he know that's him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So he's crying for himself. He's, it's like an alternate version of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's an older version of him from doesn't an alternate. He, doesn't he title. say like it, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about my own death or something like that? I thought he said yeah. there's some some dialogue like that. Right. And in the second movie, the, he sort of addressed saying like, it's best not to think about this too much. Even Which he, I liked. I appreciate it. Even he, even Leonard Nimoy playing Spock Prime in Into Darkness, he he more or less said at that last scene said. You know, I don't know how exactly this works, but, you know, you just... And he kind of defaulted to more of a human thing, right? Typically, he's all logical, right? He's just going to try to explain to you, basically. He says, you know, Spock Prime was now leaning more toward his human side, saying, you know what, just go with the flow. Don't worry about it. You know? Sure. Which I just is, thought it was a little much for him to get that worked out. Because it was a lot. He kept going back to that. If it was, like, a one-time thing, he's like, oh, this is the date I'm going to die. Or, I don't know. Like, well, it was like... I well, just, no, that's I not think, the date he's going to die. He just... Yeah. I think he was... That's not determined that he's going to die the same way, or or going to because they're both different characters from different timelines. Because he's from an alternate reality. Yes, exactly. Okay, because I was very confused yeah. about that. I was like, <laughs> I can't imagine Spock's in there crying. With himself. Yeah, it's kind of like and it, the best way you can put it is sort of like a father figure. That's uncle, what I ended up taking mm-hmm. it as. Who just happens to be yourself, but not really yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and it was about. Like that. It, he was so like thoughtful about it because it wasn't just about his own death. It was about like his responsibility yeah. as a Vulcan, like, right. You know, mm-hmm. there were, aren't any left. Like, what do I do? What would, what would I want? Like, what would my future self want me to do? It was just, I don't know. I think it was just, yeah, it was more than just like his own death to me. Yeah. Cause he was yeah. having a, a crisis of himself. Like, should I right, serve right, in Federation or do I serve my people? Got and then Spock dying sort of like, kind of made, something, it, yeah. made yeah, it hard. Like one harder less, for- yeah. One less Vulcan. So, yeah. So the next thing I was confused about was Yorktown. So, they're supposed to be out on a journey for three years. Five. Five years. And then they happen upon Yorktown. I think they're just, like, they're just visiting. Stop. They're just stopping it's, by. It's, yeah, it's a pissed off. That's a good way of doing saying it. Yeah. It's but so off. that's what I didn't understand. So his family was five years out. Like, are they going back home or are they going forward? Like, I think they're just distributed. Okay. Because I was very confused about that. Like Sulu's like, family? Yeah. Because uh, um, I think they just live there. 
and maybe they just happen to be there first and then you know as they're traveling around the universe and they will stop by and visit their family and then go out again I, I, that's how I take it <laughs> I know but I was because the way they presented it it was like they were going forward and they were going to hit a pit stop mm -hmm. and that pit stop just happened to have Sula's family too and I was like but I All thought right. you were going to the next frontier not back home well, it was the International Space Station, so I'm assuming, yeah. like, oh, we'll probably stop by here for a little bit, and then... Yeah, and he's know, talking to his superiors. His family like, could be there already, like, they know they're going to be there. I don't know. Right. So, and Kirk's, that's so in-depth already. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's a little thing that were, like, kind of, I was like, huh? Like, I don't know, Doug. The continuity thing was a little confusing to me. Doug, what do you think about that? Um, yes. So it's a good point. Certainly, whenever they've had them out on their missions, there are times they're going to come back to Earth. They're, they're not always sort of going in an ever-widening <laughs> spiral <laughs> away from the Federation to other places. But you're right. It was a little bit of a question mark of, okay, why are they here in particular? I just took it as, a, okay, it's, it's a bit of shore leave. They're checking in at home to do whatever they need to do. And I didn't really think much past that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, like Doug said, in, in the Star Trek series, they they always check end a way, find a way to end up on a starbase somewhere, right. right? To to resupply and and whatnot, and also to you know swap out crew members sometimes. But I think the reason why they're not always traveling a straight line away from you know Earth is just there's so many planets in between, right? Right. In, in between Federation space already that they you can go anywhere. Yeah. So. So. I would say that. Yeah, it's one of those it's one of those conceits. It's a part. It's a setting. Okay. It's one of those science fiction conceits you kind of have to let go. And if you think too much about it, then it all falls apart. No, man, because I I buy it when Enterprise tells me that's what they're doing. I for some reason I just couldn't buy this one. Okay. It was I think it was something maybe that they were talking about. I think it was just because it was on like the heels of him going, "Oh, we've been out for so long." For so long. We haven't blah blah blah, and it's like, hey, if you come back home every five years or three years, what's the like, problem? It's kind of not bad. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Anyway, that's a personal thing. Okay. But other than that, like, I I went into it without no expectations. I didn't have high expectations or low expectations because I heard mixed things. So I just went into this movie blank, and I I loved it. I I would probably watch it again to kind of catch all the little things. Okay. Cool. Then uh, let's either go to. To Kai or Anthony, who wants to go first? And this will be interesting, <laughs> at the very least. I, I feel we'll like look. Kai's in a ribbit, so go ahead, Kai. <laughs> oh, here we go. I could tell. All right. Bring um, So as background, I am a completely, I'm like a figurative ignorant masses to the whole Star Trek universe. Nick Choi. Right. I'm a Nick Choi here because I've seen none of the original series. I've seen none of the original movies. I've seen nothing Next Generation. That's good, actually. I've only seen the movies that have been produced recently. J.J. Abrams movies. Okay. Yes. That's good. And whatever random things that I pick up from you guys, because I don't care enough to pursue any additional content online. Sure. Right. So this is purely based on what I've seen in the movie. So, and I've, and I've kind of enjoyed the first two movies. They're, like, fun to watch. The action sequences... And I didn't care too much on whether it departed from the original source material. Um, so it didn't matter to me. And then, so for this movie, I felt like I got a little bit influenced by the likes of Arthur and Ronald. <laughs> um, given that they had said uh, fairly positive things to start out about the movie after they watched it. So I was like, oh, okay, so maybe 
I, I know they were a little upset that the first two movies weren't too <laughs> trekky. And this one got a little closer. So I was a little excited. I was like, okay, maybe I get to see some true Trek aspects of what people really like. We set them up <laughs> for failure. Exactly. We set them up for failure. <laughs> so I had a little bit higher expectations than Shoot. I probably would have liked going into this movie. And I actually really incredibly enjoyed the opening sequences of this because Arthur touched upon it of how there was this introspection point for Kirk to say, hey, you know, I'm out on this Enterprise ship exploring stuff. Do I really want to do this? Your interaction with that one uh, planet, trying to broker some sort of relationship between yep. the little froggy things and yeah. the <laughs> oh, that, that, was that was great. That was, that was fun. That was fun. So I was like, oh, that's cool. We get to see some Trek stuff, which is similar to that yep. exploding planet scene. Yep. Yes. You know, where they're like, okay, well, it didn't work. And I was like, all right, we got some Trek stuff. And you get a whole vision of the crew, the new Enterprise, and right. you were shown at the end of the last movie, and you're like, yeah, I get to see some sick Enterprise stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then it starts to fall apart right away, oh. because the moment that, one, I see them pursue some random derelict, you know, 911 call, <laughs> fine. That's pretty much what it is. Right? <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Fine, let's go to this 911 call. The first thing that happens, Enterprise gets blown up, and I'm like, okay, there goes Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So the moment that happens, I'm like, oh, okay, this is downhill now. <laughs> because I'm like, I already know that they're going to be in recovery mode and trying to get back to stage one, which is already happy with. So I'm already going backwards. And I'm just like, man. So I'm like, okay, now I'm just going to go ahead and enjoy whatever yeah. random survival movie they're going <laughs> to I wanted I wanted exploration, right? I After guess. three movies. But yeah. you destroy the ship. So, so they go back to survival mode. Fine. Let's see what's the interesting you know, problem here. And I know your guys' problem with this, with the uh, the device here, the artifact, but it's a classical device. It is. It is. Oh, is, yeah. It is totally. You know, doesn't matter what it does. And so, okay, so what's the villain, right? And we talk about the vampire powers, and actually, for me, I felt like I kind of understood his motivations, mm. which is that he, and this is, I mean, I don't know really timelines, but he's a part of the old human race who had joined the Federation early, mm -hmm. and the humans are known to be a predominantly empirical, right, yeah. uh, uh, race, right, and they're like, hey, we conquered so much, and then suddenly we just, you know, he says it explicitly, right, like, I wasn't for peace, I was a soldier, I did my job, but my reward was a desk job, yeah. you know, and he was upset, but he wasn't upset enough until he was abandoned, right, he crashed into the planet, never got rescued, and so he got bitter. Right, and then you have like this, you know, obscure whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh, I found some really weird ancient technology that allowed me yeah. to live for so many years. Right, I'm like, fuck. That's right. convenient. You know, <laughs> some super convenient stuff, which to me. Wait, was, wait, stop, stop. Okay, can you explain that? So that I had that was one big question I had. Okay. He found technology that kept him alive because that yeah. was like the yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, why he physically yes. changed appearances. Like... Yeah, he, he evolved over the years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's explain how he got this random hornet nest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I was swarm. Like, what? Swarm. Which is called the swarm. The swarm was like part of the technology. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Which I which I took it right. I was like, fine. Yeah. He's a villain, but to me, I I got his motivations. I understood the MacGuffin device. I was disappointed because they went with the MacGuffin device mm -hmm. and a pretty simple villain. And I felt like the delivery or the setup of this villain was very poor because you have this situation where you're waiting and waiting to be like, okay, why is this guy? Who is this from? What is he doing? And then you randomly have Ohura going, oh, let me look at this console that's <laughs> randomly playing. Yes. Oh, this human, human, 
looks very much like this weird random guy that no one else would have ever thought was the same person. Ever. <laughs> I'm, yes, like, yeah. I'm like looking yeah. in the playback. I'm like, oh, maybe he's in the background, right? He's right. Like sneaking in the ship. Yeah. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's that woman, right? No. And she's like, oh, that's him. That's cruel. And I'm like, <laughs> how did you make that connection? Oh my god, because she's smart. Yeah. 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 So I thought that was retarded. And so I was, That's I was right. pretty unhappy with the fact that I got zero exploration and I went back to some um, survival plot story again. Okay. I did enjoy some further interactions between Kirk and his crew. Yeah. That's right, exploration well, in a different context. Right. A yes, little bit. Yes, yes, you explore yeah. the relationship. Right. Right. Fine. Yeah, but I actually will go back to Ron's point as another negative to me, is that I enjoy Technobabble to an extent. Like, I get there's obscurities here and there that'll happen. Um, and I actually I actually take the whole, like, screaming out uh, rap music as, like, the, the device to kill everything as, like, kind of good old fun. Yeah. yeah. Fair, fair. They did that at Macross. Yeah, right? Like, I think that's... I get it. They did that RoboTech Macross. I think it's okay enough. Yeah, but what I didn't like in terms of Technobabble is when you get marooned on a planet, you get this old ass, like probably hundreds, hundreds upon years old USS ship, right? And you just get Kirk running around saying, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. And they're going, oh yeah, uh, I'll think about this. Yeah, I'll totally fix it. I'm like, that thing is probably not like moved for the like, last it, it, it's, it, yeah, it's, but it's that's, actually not that old. It's actually not that old right. in, the, in the timeline. Because right, if, if it is talking Kirk, it's the 2200s. Right. And then back to when Enterprise's show, like, so, because this was an NX ship. And if you look at the. Uh, so he knows the, this, I don't know. Sure. How the ship looked sure. like, it was just like yeah. the ship from uh, Enterprise's show. Right. So it was like, right. it was a, at most 150, at most 100 years old. But even then, right, you look at the condition of the ship, right. you look at what they had to work with, you even think just like at a minimum, you need fuel to do, right. you know, yeah. to, to get, but then, you know. That's a, that's a, and, and I'm, this may or may not be an excuse, but that's also a, a Kirk trope. It's, it's right. classic Kirk. Well, he'll just look at something and be like, take care of it, guys. And then right. Scotty and then we'll be like, wait a second. Here. I, I, I'm going to need this. this <laughs> because, oh, you have 10 minutes. Goodbye. And, and right. that, that's kind of the way, yeah, and that's, the, that's the way Kirk operates. Yeah. In and I understand like, that's yeah. like a Trek reference. Yeah. And at the time, at the time in right. a sense, mm-hmm. because back in the day, yeah. right, I'm not going to spend all this time to make it easier or more relatable mm-hmm. to the reader. Or the viewer in this case, but now I'm sitting here. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> you're really just gonna say fix it, and then they're just gonna fix it like that, right? Like getting the the, the teleporter to work randomly. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> 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 let's, let's get all these conveniently important things to work yeah. on this ship that has not ever done anything. So yeah, especially like the buildup of the teleporter technology. Because yeah. in the last two movies, it's like, oh, we can't catch changing objects. They're moving, it's hard, right? And all yeah. of a sudden, it's moving, you don't know where it is, and it's grabbing it in one piece. And it's like... Yeah, they're not consistent with that in this new universe, for sure. They've like, fixed it, they've, like, evolved the technology and, oh, like, man. innovated Well, it. don't even get me started on the transporter Exactly. <laughs> the previous <laughs> movie with Khan... Across planets. Across planets. Oh, my god! Yeah, he escaped <laughs> Earth... Oh. Federation space planet-wide, right? So yeah. what do you need spaceships? So yeah. they're yeah. totally inconsistent with transporter technology in this whole do that series. In the 24th century. Exactly. So yeah. it's not, I, I would say your your point is very valid. 
but it's not necessarily this movie's fault because yeah. it's been inconsistent anyway, per se. Sure, but I, they I should fix it. Saying. I agree yeah. with what you said, though. Yeah. And so, just like the combination of yeah. them, uh, like. Planet Jump. Gosh. Yeah. But you even need ships. Exactly. Yeah. Teleport to the planet. Claw does jump. Yeah. yeah. I know. That was, that was funny. Just use relays. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, basically, with the, the conclusion of that, like. Love your passion. I'm like trying to figure out what I liked out of the movie. And to me, it was still holding on to like the kernels. The relationships that could be built out of the the fleet or the crew in this case, mm-hmm. but to me, the relationship between the crew members didn't grow in this movie. Thank you. And I'm just sitting here. I'm like, look, if you're trying to create new Trek fans, I'm like, I'm kind of bought in, but really not, right? Like, I'm not asking for the next movie. I'm willing to wait and still listen. Like, you still haven't brought me in after the third movie. I'm still not interested in getting to know more about the characters. Because Kirk is still, fix this, fix that. Right? Scotty is, I'm going to pull anything out of my ass and it's going to work. <laughs> you know? Uhura didn't really do anything. She was just damsel in distress. Oh my god, then, I hated that. And then Chekhov, again, was, I'm your assistant. That's it. <laughs> you know? And so it just boils <laughs> down to um, Spock and Kirk, right? Which, even in this movie, they didn't do much. They were saying, hey... I was thinking about leaving the, the Enterprise. I was also thinking about leaving the Enterprise. Oh, but we both made our own decision to not do so. And we're not going to tell each other. <laughs> so it literally means nothing. Everybody played their part is what you're right, saying. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. Like, played their part. Yeah. Like, I could have reskinned this into anything. And it could have been just another Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Which in the end is, is still like my main complaint about the Abrams verse. Yeah. yeah, and I would continue that criticism here in my, in my viewing of this, that to me, I actually still just got another Abrams movie, and I was actually a little bit disappointed. Okay, so, fair point. To me, the, as, as, as a major overall, I, I was not happy with it, but I'm still waiting to wait to see. It certainly does not motivate me at all to become a Trek fan in any way, shape, or form. You had me really worried when you started, but I, I agreed with yeah. Most of the points. I thought they were all very fair points. Yeah, they they are fair points. And it's funny, you're probably one of the 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 masses who are who are they're targeting in a different way. Like most I think the studio is probably trying to dumb down Trek, make it all action adventure mm-hmm. and get them fans. You know, and but you know, you're coming in like I, that's not actually what I want. I want the depth that Star Trek fans have, but you're not giving it to me, whereas well, everybody, she, where everybody else is trying to be stuck, they like Trek because they like new Trek because of the action adventure. So look, right, you go with the action adventure strategy. You're going the Call of Duty strategy. You get you get users or viewers who don't stay for the long run. Yeah, because that's the point, right? If I do all action and adventure, there's a lot of substitutes. Mm-hmm. So if sure. you want to sell the same Trek product with some adjustments, right, you need to treat your new viewers with the same respect. As your old viewers. Yeah. Make people work up to it, not dumb it down. And you end up diluting the value of the Star Trek. You've got no fish hooks here for me to say, oh, let me hook into what the old fans were into. Yes. And so you're not growing your viewer base at all. People have invested so much into knowing the history, the canon, the characters of Star Trek. They're dumbing it down. When you start throwing that away, I mean, what's left? What do you have left? You have nothing. You have a generic universe. Yeah, they're dumbing it down, but they're not asking people to work up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're they're afraid that it's not going to be enough for them to people to work up to it. So I'm going to dumb it down, Mm -hmm. which... You're giving me no reason to to dig into this at all. 
they're like, here's a shovel. And I'm like, oh, hell no. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, you're on fire, Cap. That's so, good. Yeah. Good. That was a really good, good points. Um, so for feminism, I will speak up for one second. <laughs> for feminism, <laughs> I will speak up. Uh, <laughs> I yield the floor to you. She, she's the, yeah. And no, there, it was a mixed bag, right? Because you had the female Admiral, which was great. And then you had really strong central character who was like pretty much kicking ass mm-hmm. and taking names. Uh, Jayla was awesome. I yeah, she her. was awesome. Yes. And then a total colossal wastage of Ahura. Mm-hmm. Like yes, she, she had some might scenes, well not but... have been in the movie. Yeah, she did not. She was super damsel. Oh my god! And it yeah. was like she couldn't do anything by herself. And like in the last movie, she was like strong. She was like banging things down. She did and... save Spock in this movie though. <gasps> yeah, at the end. Well, Kind of. I mean, she just picked him up and said, "Oh, you look." No, you're I thought here. I thought he she smacked somebody over the head and, and no, she, saved him. She physically did. It was like minimal things. Yeah, she yeah, I get like, you. She's here like, oh, like it was just oh, it was such a waste. Yeah. She had yeah. no I get like you. mirth to her. Like mm. she's an empty character. I hated yeah. that. I hated yeah. the total waste because she was set up to be such a brilliant character in the first two movies. Sure, complete waste in this one. Then again, Spock, I felt like was wasted a little too, but. Continue mm. on, because I know Aunt Lou still has to give. Aunt Boo, Aunt Boo, go Boo. All right. Um, so I think you guys hit on a lot of things that I thought as well. Um, I so if, actually, the, I actually have. I'm going to start off with some positive stuff. Uh, if you guys didn't know, <laughs> you guys didn't know because I was listening to po- a podcast about this. They went from having no script to having a script to production in two and a half months, with, oh. which is insane for a movie. Like, this oh. might be the shortest ever from a script to production. It's pretty crazy. Um, and so I think they were, a lot, they were writing a lot of stuff along the way. Um, so, and what, I mean, what came out of it is, I would think is, is pretty good. Like All, all things put, considered. Yeah, yeah. So, because there's that 50th, 50th anniversary timeline that they wanted to get the movie out by, just a whole bunch of other stuff yeah. going on. So, um, yeah, I got to give them a lot of credit for that. Um, so, yeah. Um, but then, see, yeah. but then you ask yourself, right? Look, I can push out a movie in a tight time frame, but then you can very well easily tell the sacrifices they made in the sense that, in my opinion, they just went with the bare minimum again, another action flick, right. which pretty yeah. much writes itself. So to me, I understand from a delivery perspective, kudos. But from a, you know, growing the Star Trek foundation, I think it's a negative, actually. But yeah, if you're they basically ready, just sorry, for sake, sorry, they just basically let go of quality for uh, speed. Yeah, agreed. Like I, I, I don't. It's not. I'm not saying that's they didn't do that. That's what I'm saying. Like for what they produced in two and a half months, that's pretty impressive. Like. Um, you know, typically you go through a bunch of rewrites and you go through you know, a lot of different reviews, but I don't even think this one went through that. They just had the script, they okayed it, and they just went into production. So, um, all right, so going into the movie review, I think, like you guys said, I was not really happy with the villain. Uh, I was immediately, like, upset at what Kai's point was when like they just recognized him on a video screen that was kind of irritating I was like what they, she just knows what he looks like like it's really yeah. weird um, 
Um, I did not enjoy that the ship was being destroyed yet again. This is like the third mm-hmm. time in three movies. <laughs> and so again, like what Kai said, like I wanted a little bit more exploration. I wanted more like, I guess, battles in the ship or just a little bit more ship battle. Like, I feel like there wasn't a lot of that. Um, uh, as a whole, sorry, these are just random bullet points I put down. As a whole, I felt like, uh, which I don't know, like to some people is maybe a good thing uh, that it felt episodic. Um, I, I didn't this felt like a translation of a TV show that was extended to a movie um, and I feel like back in the day that was fine um, but for movies nowadays it, I, I feel like there should be a bigger story not a bigger story but just a better story a better like impactful you know uh, storytelling for example it was like Mission Impossible like I feel like every movie is is big enough for a movie as opposed to like a TV, um, a TV episode like a prolonged TV episode. Um, mm. The ending, I agree with you guys, is kind of kind of cheesy. Like they put on music, uh, and they you know all the ships are being destroyed. I think visually it looked awesome, right? Like I think it was really cool uh, to see. And I have to give just Lynn, Lynn some credit. There's some really uh, cool, like different shots that I don't think I've ever seen. Uh, just in terms of uh, how he, he directed the shots, um, uh, I think I was telling some of you guys to not watch it in three D. I watched it in three D. I just, it was just really hard for me to tell some of the things that were happening in the dark scenes. Like it, it was just yeah, it was just really yeah, hard to tell. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I have here is that. And I, you guys may disagree with me. Um, I don't feel like Kirk, Captain Kirk, has owned up to being Captain Kirk yet. Um, I feel like in, fir- in the first one, obviously, he, he, you know, that's when he becomes the captain. In the second one, he kind of loses that th- that captaincy and then gets it back at the end. And this one. Everyone got separated, so I didn't really get it. To, I didn't really feel like he led his crew. He led certain members of his crew, I guess, at times. Um, and so, um, yeah, I just, I, I'm not like really feeling that he's the leader yet. Um, so, I think. I agree with you. Huh? Uh, I noticed that too because I felt like everyone was forcing that on him by saying yes, Captain, yes, blah blah. But I never saw any growth in him in terms of like growing into that role. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I saw more interactions of him being a lot more selfless than in yeah. the previous movie, which exactly. is Wrath of Khan. Because in Wrath of Khan, you get a mixture of self-preservation and a little bit of oh shit, I'm finally actually working with a crew here. That is, you know, a part of something that I should greater own. Here, it was way more clear that anything that had to do with the ship or the crew was first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got that feeling out of Kirk's behavior in this one, mm-hmm. which I will agree. There's no lead up to that. Yeah, just, that, I think that's I mean, like, that's the issue. Yeah. Is like yeah, just like randomly. Oh, I'm the captain of this ship now, and I'm yeah. suddenly a selfless person. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. they they alluded to that in the second movie. Yeah, I was gonna say at the end of the yeah, second Into movie, Darkness, they 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 did say that he was always about his, his crew. And this one, he's more seasoned for sure. You can see he's very very world weary. Like, he's out there, and he really cares for his crew. And there was already an Into Darkness when he was about to be obliterated by Peter Weller. He says, look, I- I'm responsible. 
Punish me. Do not punish my crew. I'm begging you. Right. So I, I get that. I'm okay with that. This one, he actually felt more seasoned because mm. he's been out here for three, two years, three years, and he's just tired, you know. Um, and I, th I felt like he was, you know, but then taking care I of his I feel crew. like that could have been more clear if they had spent a little bit more time in the beginning of the movie to do more of that exploration yeah, set. I agree. More of those crew interactions, yeah. right? Just yeah. so the viewer doesn't have that question of, okay, am I supposed to just believe that he's a seasoned captain? Yep. Or do I just get a five-minute snippet where some of the USS Enterprise is now gone? That opening intro to me where he like kind of narrated it, it was I like this. I, I like it. Actually, for me, it, it felt it, enough. It worked for it me. Felt yeah. enough. I would think with that. It worked for me because I don't like, need that much. Yeah. I, you know, I, you I can always go back. Because, he, because he's Kirk. Like, you know, you... I, and I know, like you haven't had this experience with, but but you know, you just curve, you so know. you just kind of go in knowing what. what but I don't. Yeah, I know. I know. But but see, so you saw the other two movies where they already did that. So, but that wasn't still wasn't enough. For okay, me. maybe no, not I, enough for you, but I get where you're coming from. I think yeah. it was enough for me that yeah, you know. But I would I own this one because I because my reference is the Enterprise and not the originals. I did feel like I didn't understand that level of respect everyone had, right? Like, yeah, he saved the crew, yeah, but it was it was still not, I guess what I was looking for was a sense of, like, ownership, because I always refer to all these with, like, the Picard, right? Like, it's sort of like, he owned it. There was, there was a sense of, like, a separation because he was captain, right? And I didn't kind of sense this at all in the movie. It was just, like, he was just another part of the crew. Like, he wasn't the, like, leader. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. That's my point is like he doesn't feel like the leadership is is fully earned yet. Yeah. Um, and and I, I don't know. Again, I, I used to watch the originals, original series. And so there's a lot of times when there's like decision. Like he has to make a decision. You know, Bones is saying one thing. Spock is saying another thing. And he just makes the tough decision. And I don't know if like I've seen enough of that, I guess. Or, or I don't know. Just. It, the situation hasn't arisen where um, he's been able to make a decision that I feel is, I don't know, weighty. So, um, but, I mean, overall, I feel like the action scenes were good, good enough. And I, I, I do like the characters. Um, I do feel like they, um, they did a lot more equal like distribution of the characters doing stuff as opposed, I don't know. I think I feel like the, maybe the second one didn't do that much. Um, but yeah, and this one, I feel like there's just more camera time for everybody, which was, which was, which is good. Um, and yeah, in the end, I think it was like kind of like the crew and personalities and um, just, I don't know, being in this Star Trek movie that kind of saved the movie for me. So, uh, well, yeah. if anything, I think these three movies, at the very least, I've always felt like the casting is excellent. The actors and you know who they have for for the the characters mm -hmm. that's always been great. Did, does, everyone, does everyone have a favorite? Character? I think I think Carl Urban is yeah, amazing. As that's he's, my favorite. He's my favorite. Yeah, he absolutely nails what you know. DeForest Kelly used to play. I, I totally buy him as like the younger Bones. Yeah, and he's, he's so he's so good in this role. Yeah, and you can tell that he loves it when he plays the role. Like some people, you just play and you're just like, okay, I don't really know if you love the character or not. Like, I can tell he, you know, yeah. he's not just aping him for the sake of uh, the character. Yeah. But that, that would be my favorite character. Hey, Doug, do you have any final thoughts before we do our number reviews? I know you're like the Trek expert. Uh, what do you think about some of the stuff that we said? Um, yes, please. I, 
No, I think I think everybody's made some really great points. For me, it was really interesting, in particular, Kai, for your perspective, coming from kind of the other end of the of the the spectrum and sort of me. I, I don't remember a time <laughs> where I didn't have a Star Trek. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, guys. So to me, I think that's really interesting to 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 hear your your thought on it because in a way, the three movies are much more of a, a, a self contained story. So to me, that's that's really pretty pretty interesting. But now I don't. Um, nobody said anything that that particularly uh, alarmed me. I thought, wait, where's that coming from? <laughs> um, uh, you know, pro, pros and cons. I, I will say. Uhura's aha moment. So I certainly agree. I think I think she was underutilized. I think Chekhov was underutilized. I think Sulu was underutilized. Um, which, in a way, is a Star Trek tradition for movies because yeah. they you don't get out of time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sadly, I, I, I actually took Uhura's aha moment as being that she recognized his voice when she was playing it back, and it slowed down. And I thought, okay, this is her trying to give her the credit for what she can she can okay. hear. Uh, Again, maybe that's me just trying to fill uh, in the blank. Like, she's a communication ling- linguist, right? Yeah. She's a linguist. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Right, I may have it's, to watch it again. Like I said, like this is definitely a movie I got to watch again. To I'm so glad we have you, Doug. That's a good, really good point. <laughs> yeah, as a communications officer and yeah. linguist. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad that's resolved. <laughs> do you feel better? <laughs> I do. I got a quick point, and because uh, I want to echo what, what Kai said about mm-hmm. man, the Enterprise getting destroyed. <laughs> Again, yeah. has it been destroyed every movie so every far? Movie. Almost. Enterprise. The Enterprise, yeah. but they is, did it in cool ways. I even I was surprised. I don't care. The Enterprise. Yeah. The nacelles getting ripped apart. I was like, and wow. Enterprise is I, even Star I was surprised. Fleet's, it's Starfleet's Boy. flagship, yeah. you know, vessel, right? And, and I know Arthur. I know we, we talked about this. We talked it's about the war effect, right? It's, it's, it's the war. You gotta, you gotta show how strong the villain is by destroying the something really powerful. But for folks like Kai, doing it over and over. Yes, for folks like Kai yeah. who are coming into the movies fresh and have never seen the strength of the Enterprise, right? Enterprise must feel really weak. Like it gets destroyed yeah. every time, yeah. and it's the flagship. And, and, and then, like the counter argument to that is, well, you know, we're trying to tell a human story. We're trying to take away the technology and really tell the story of how you know humans <laughs> of the Enterprise conquer. It's all about the crew. But you know what? Star Trek, honestly, a big part of it is yeah, about the, the character is the, tr- the ship. Yeah. Enterprise yeah. is a character. The Enterprise yeah. is a character. So, I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> no, yeah, it was he, funny. I was watching the movie and I kept thought, when it happened, I was like, again? Again! Freaking yeah. The Enterprise really is like, just like another tugboat. Tugboat yeah, really is a good yeah. word for it. Because I was like, I cannot believe, like, and I just like you, Kai, I was looking forward to actually seeing the workings of the Enterprise more. Yeah. Because I love oh, those yeah. episodes. Yeah. On, um, when they figure things out. With yeah. The show. yeah. When then there's like... The the ship has so much personality. There's yeah. so much going on. Or like when the computer becomes yeah. alive. Or they separate the or like saucer. That room where you like yeah. have the VR. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. God. Yeah, the, it's like yeah, freaking amazing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, again. Right. I, 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 I agree with you. I, though I have to admit, part of me was like, wow, that's neat. They cut the ship off at the neck. It's kind of cool. I've never seen that before. That like, that's a little that's, sadistic, but yes. But no, because he says, cut his throat off. I'm like, oh. literal. And I thought, wow, they're going to actually do that. And they did it. I'm like, ooh, I've never seen that in a they've Star Trek movie. They've never destroyed, destroyed the Enterprise the neck, in that way. In that right? way, yeah. And they, they ripped off the nacelles. When, and I'm like, whoa, I've never seen That's kind of cool. But I, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, man, Ronald's going to hate this. Yeah. <laughs> but I was watching I'm like, Ronald's going to have a field day. This, I mean, but I think it's kind of cool, actually. But I agree with you in concept, yeah. I mean, th- these guys destroy the Enterprise faster than the Borg destroy the Enterprise. True. Yes! That's true. 
That's okay, true. Like, that, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. It feels like a glass. Because if you watch in Star Trek 3, I think it was Star Trek 3, right, Doug? Uh, Search for Spock, when the, the Enterprise was first destroyed, it was a yeah, big deal. And, and, and Right, exactly. I, I will say I, there was a lot less emotional impact because it's like, oh, they're tearing the ship apart again. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> which if this had been the only one, if they hadn't done it in the last couple, it would it would have felt like it had some punch to it. So, again, all, all of my... All of, I certainly feel like for all of the movies and when we start getting into the number ratings, it's based on the context of what this movie is meant to be. Mm-hmm. And it's and it doesn't have that same the, – the history and the durability and all the rest of that that you otherwise get through the series, et cetera. And it, it does seem like one of the masses now the Enterprise because they quickly rebuilt it on like an outpost. <laughs> yeah, Yorktown, right? Yorktown. And I was like, "What? Okay." They rebuild it. I mean, there are other Constellation class ships, right? So, strength and durability-wise, yeah, there's other ones that match the Enterprise, but yeah, <laughs> it's already funny. It's already like. But the point is, right? Like, whether it whether as a one shot or as a clue into the universe of Trek, it does neither very well. No. But it did get destroyed in a very cool way. Of yes. all the three movies, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was destroyed. The action is cool. I'll give it that. And the action scene is pretty cool. I've never was, seen that. I was, I was very impressed with it. Yeah, the last time I saw that was, I think, Star Trek Nemesis, when you know the, the bridge actually blew open, and people from the actual captain or you know the comm center blew out into the open, and Data was hanging on. I was like, wow, I've never seen that. And then they sealed it up, and I thought, that was cool. I've never seen a Star Trek movie you know, where people got sucked out like that. Whoa, you know, and, and they did something creative here. But I knew, you know, you'd probably be like, oh, man, well, I was going to hate this. I mean, they, they, did, they did whole breaches, right? In, yeah, they've in done whole breaches before. People got sucked out. Yeah. And, right. But, but it, that, that was the first time I saw that. It so. mattered so much. And I feel like they completely brushed over the fact that so many people died. Oh, yeah. A lot of people died. Like they completely ignored that. They, not even one moment did anyone stop to go. Like, people, <laughs> Shit ton of people died because that is a That's, huge ship. Yeah. At the end, they had I, I like. I feel like they should have mourned. Actually, yeah. they should have mourned. At the yeah. end of it, they had like fifty people because they only took like it was mm-hmm. like what you can only mm-hmm. do like groups of twenty, and they only did like two transporter true, beams true. or something. So you right. had less right. than fifty people. Why was there no like funeral? There was a party at the end. Why yeah. was there no funeral? <laughs> <laughs> well, they toasted everybody. Yeah. 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 that was yeah. a test. It was yeah. like ninety percent of the crew. Died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You guys are the OGs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of which, why was the motorcycle just randomly there? Like, it just is a little too convenient for the, uh, for the ending. <laughs> Justin Lin thing? I actually did give it a grain of thought. And I was like, maybe back in the day, like, that's how they went out and explored, like, the local areas was, like, the bike. Uh, no, or, or it just could have been because, I mean, the, the crew members have their own quarters. And some of the crew members bring on like memorabilia bikes. or stuff. Yeah, like, <laughs> bikes. He <laughs> <laughs> goes on a spaceship. Some people don't ride bring my bikes. bike. <laughs> they bring their bikes. <laughs> That's great. People like the quarters are actually pretty small. From That's, what I remember in the show, they've got like, storage compartments. You're like, okay, <laughs> great bike. Right? <laughs> That's great. It wasn't in, in anyone's room though. You're right. It was, like displayed. The, the bike was was pretty big. Yeah. But it was pretty cool. I was yeah. like, I yeah. gave it a grain of salt. I, I do hope before I forget. If they add Jayla as a crew member next movie, I thought that that would be awesome. That I would be to, I would be totally for. Join Starfleet. I would be totally for if she would join part of the crew because she's totally very she's different. So 
Yeah, and she is badass. So, should we do reviews, ratings? I mean, yes. numbers. Numbers. Let's go back to Doug. Let's go through the order. Yeah. yeah. Right. Any final thoughts and then reviews? So, out of ten. Yeah. So I will. I will say with with the caveat of it is what it is. I, I give it an eight for being it is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, I think I'm next. Um, I, I'm going to say the same as Doug for, it, for for what it is. The fact that it's in the Abrams verse, and you know, we 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 all put out our complaints out there. Uh, so when when I compare it against the other three, I give it an eight. I enjoyed it. Okay. All right. So should be Arthur, right? So yeah, um, I walked out thinking it was a nine because I really enjoyed all the subtle tributes and. The introspection and all the people things um, and all the nods. And then we influenced uh, you? No, no. And I, had, <laughs> I had time to think about it. Hello. It's not just you. It's not about you. I, I would give it an 8.5. Um, I still really enjoyed it, you know, warts and all, because it, course correction. Yes. Definitely. All right. So for me, it, I went into it hoping, because they started off with that scene of him with the little, you know, frog things and it started off so trucky to me, and then it was just downhill from there and blowing up and like the plot hole. <laughs> and so, there were so many opportunities that I felt like were missed, so I would have to give it a 7.5. Not bad. Yeah, but. It's not bad at all, actually. Um, I would say. So I've yeah I've enjoyed the original. I'll call this the new series, but for me, because they haven't changed much, right? Progressively, right? I don't adjust my scores in the back, but because this is to me like a repetition and not much progression, I'd probably give this a seven. Okay, it's right? not that Almost bad either. Almost a six point five, but at least the visual Almost. like <laughs> like the seven's not bad actually. Yeah, it's like decent. Like I'd still let tell people to like at least go watch it. Yeah, okay. it's a good yeah. movie. Yeah, you know? yeah. But yeah, it doesn't motivate me at all to like watch it again or to to read up about it or or even care about the okay. next movie. So that's probably fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm with Kai. I give it a I give it a seven. Okay. Yep. And I, I, it sounds like. Wait. Based on the scores, mm-hmm. sorry, real quick. Maybe because Doug and myself and Ronald have like the highest. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's because we have like preconceived biases, so we allow. I don't know. We allow for more things, or we're, we're okay with it. I, I don't know. That's Perhaps. just I, observation. And, and, and I think, it and actually, I'll admit to that. I do. It, I, it I do. Points, I think it points to the fact that of the three J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies, yeah. this one is the mo- uh, recalls the most yeah. of old Trek. Maybe right. It does. That's why. Yeah. It, it does to me for sure. And I, and I like the first one. And it's I kind know of interesting because uh, before we both saw it, Arthur, I thought you were definitely going to give it a lower score. So did I. I was. <laughs> actually, so did I going in because of all the issues I was reading about and then the trailers. And I actually was walking in expecting disaster, to be quite honest. Oh. I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, not, this is going to be very, very bad. And I walked out like, wow, pleasantly surprised. It was very similar to when X-Men First Class came out, because they had the same kind of problems with all this behind-the-scenes stuff and all this weirdness happening. And then I walked out like, wow, this is actually really good. Um, so, yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised, to be honest. So, I mean, if anything, this 
this again just brings me back to the familiar undertones of our discussion about the Star Wars movie. <laughs> Here they sprinkle some nostalgia over the movie, which really don't contribute to the progression of the characters, but hark to a little haha for the fans, and that's it. You know, like the whole at least the whole movie wasn't a haha. Well, which is worse. This, for Star Wars. I think this one was better at it than, than Into Darkness. Into Darkness was so on the nose with the whole Wrath of Khan thing, and then. You know, they you know like oh the needs of the many, and then they switch swatch the character. You know, right, the but to to casual viewers, I know. Inner masses, right. it's over my head. Right, I right, don't right. See it. Here, in fact, to me, this movie was more on the nose because sure. I've got an explicit picture. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Crew. That is fair. You know, and so we, I'm just sitting here, I'm like, okay, here's some nostalgia sprinkled yeah. around to get some money and some scores <laughs> from what we already know to be a really thick track base, but sure. nothing to grow it. Sure, that's, that's fair. So, I, I, I see the familiar pattern of, oh, I, I'm familiar with this universe, I'll give it a, 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 a bonus plus two. Yeah. <laughs> I went, I, it was kind of funny that Kai said that. I went back to see my review of Beyond, I, had, I mean, uh, Into Darkness, as a movie, and this is before I rewatched, this is before I rewatched the, the older uh, Star Trek series again, uh, the movies, I, I gave Into Darkness a... Eight, or maybe I think it was a seven point five. So, which means I like that better than this one. But I, that was before I watched Wrath of Khan again. So I don't know how I would think about it. You know, after uh, after watching again. Yeah. I don't know. At least the old, the other movie, they, they stuck to like whatever they set out to be. If that was an action movie. Then it was an action movie. Like this one had an identity. It tried to be both. That's a good point, actually. I think a, mo- a good movie can be both. Yeah, we are getting an echo. So, any final thoughts from anybody? Comments? That was a- When's the next one? <laughs> the next Star Trek movie? Have they said? Uh, well, the next Star Trek movie, they said they're going to have George. George. Uh, what is it? Uh, Let's say Lucas. Uh, they're gonna have uh, Kirk's father in it. They're gonna have Chris Hemsworth come back. Yes, yes. A new, new hope. <laughs> yeah. Somehow they're gonna. Alternate sh- reality. Right. Oh, time no. travel. I, we don't know. Right. Yeah. Oh, I would love it. You know the thing Kirk, is, yeah, the, the elder Kirk. Yes. Are, the elder, the elder Kirk. I would watch them. The elder just Kirk. To even see if they like, just to touch anything. Anybody watched Suicide Squad yet? Just wondering. No. I did. Oh, you no. did. I'll share my thoughts on that later, but yeah, that's I, for another podcast. Yeah, yeah. All right. Are we gonna sign up? Sign off? Call it. Let's sign off. I think unless you know, going once, going twice. If not, we're good. All right. Thanks Thank again for guys. listening and uh, thanks everybody for participating. Uh, who has the con? I do. Okay. Well, make it so. <laughs> Lay in a course. Lay in a course. Four okay. five. Four five. Engage. Bye guys. Thanks, guys. Bye guys. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know we have to play.